Let's talk about how spiritual disciplines can strengthen your soul and your ministry. We're calling this series of podcasts E-Soul because we're incorporating the knowledge of the Enneagram for our soul. We'll also be bringing insights from our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. In the stress points of your life and ministry, the Lord has new graces for your soul. In Soul Shepherding and on this podcast, we integrate Christ-centered spirituality and psychology. Hey friends, we have a special treat for you today. Christy and I are going to be talking about the nine faces of Christ in the Enneagram. Did you know that your face is meant to be a face of Christ to the people around you? And that is an amazing reality. And a privilege. What an honor that as we draw closer to the Lord Jesus that he gets in us and he shines through us to the people around us. So we're going to be talking about that today, how the Enneagram can help us grow in our intimacy with Jesus, which is the heart of soul shepherding, is our apprenticeship to our Lord and becoming more like him, being uh, wonderfully captivated by his goodness to us. We want to give a a hey there to Jim Long, our friend uh, on the East Coast, who he and his wife Lindsay are in our spiritual direction training program, going through our Soul Shepherding Institute and the monthly online classes to get a certificate in spiritual direction ministry. They are uh, lay leaders in their church uh, in the area of spiritual formation and small groups. And uh, Jim is a digital life training consultant. And so whatever your computer needs are in your company, uh, Jim is the expert on Mac, Oracle, uh, all kinds of computer systems and projects, a really smart guy. And so we are so thankful for Jim and his wife, Lindsay. She's real smart, too, <laughs> and huge heart. And uh, they recently uh, were reading our article that's part of the uh, spiritual direction training we do on biblical blunders that bruise and confuse. And Jim said, oh, this is so helpful. It makes me think of a Dallas Willard quote uh, Jim and Lindsay are, are fellow followers of Jesus through the ministry of Dallas. And the quote is, uh, Dallas is so quotable, Christian spirituality wrongly understood is a great source of human misery. That's our main emphasis in our soul shepherding ministry and why I wrote that article on biblical blunders that bruise and confuse. We just see that all the time. Sadly, we do. So we are talking about the face of Christ today and how we need to see that and experience that uh, in, our, in our Bible reading and in all of our relationships so that the grace of God gets in us and the smile of Jesus gets into our soul and comes out of us. And so that people would actually see Jesus when they're with us or when they listen to us or when they go to our Facebook page or whatever. You know, there's no greater compliment that somebody can give you than when they testify to experiencing Christ through us. That's what I always want when, when I speak somewhere. And I know it's the same for you, Christy, certainly when we speak together. But, but uh, if, if people walk out saying, oh, Bill and Christy were so awesome or so warm or so insightful or so funny... I mean, of course, that, that you know, it's encouraging and everybody likes to be complimented. But what we really want to hear is how uh, people have been drawn to Jesus and the life of the scriptures. That's what it's really about. 
And that's what the Neogram is a great tool to help us to grow in Christlikeness so that we more naturally and easily reflect Christ and we're not getting in the way by our own personality. Yeah, and that's the challenge uh, that the Enneagram really helps us with. And those of you that have been tracking in our series on the Enneagram and this one on eSoul, uh, in which we're talking about the Enneagram, but also uh, spiritual disciplines, uh, you you know I, I, that the view of personality that we're dealing with here is that, hey, personality is... I mean, we have a wonderful personality, all of us do, created by God, but our personalities have been damaged by stress and pain and sin and dysfunction, and so we need to be healed, we need to be repaired and and redeemed. And the Enneagram is really good at pointing out those areas of brokenness and shortcomings that we all have that need the attention of God's grace. But also it's a tool that can give us hope because it also points us in the direction of growth and redemption and helps us to see God's action in our life and to appreciate ways that he comes to us. And our favorite way of talking about that when we speak on the Enneagram or personality is the nine faces of Christ. So we're going to just go through those real briefly here to give you the overview. If you want more, you can tune into our video on uh, uh, your path to a new self, which is a talk that... I gave at Shepherd's Grove Church here in Irvine, California, and uh, streamed live on hourofpower.org, and also be on the Soul Shepherding YouTube page, but uh, that'll give you some more insight into the uh, nine faces of Christ. But So starting with the number one, uh, Jesus is a patient and happy teacher, and th- th- this is Jesus as a re- redeemed, uh, or uh, better, uh, more accurately, a perfect Enneagram One, uh, he's not a perfectionist, uh, he's a pursuer of excellence, and uh, we see him uh, training his disciples, and that's really what his ministry was mostly about, was that apprenticing of the, uh, not just the 12, but uh, a large number of people as his followers, and he does this not in a cranky, judgmental, perfectionistic way, but he does it in a very joyful and warm way. Is there a way, Bill, that you as a one have felt Jesus' face for you? I feel Jesus' face and uh, his shine and his smile, uh, I think, most readily in nature. And so even this morning, I went out for uh, a long prayer walk uh, around the lake here and just seeing the stillness of the lake and uh, the beauty of the sky and the trees and hearing the birds sing. It's just so good for my soul. And so, yeah, looking into that that glassy surface of the water uh, and seeing the sky reflected back uh, is a face of Christ to me that nourishes me. That's great. Thank you. Well, I'm a two, and Jesus is the compassionate helper, his face for the two. And so the two is integrated to healthy four, and... Jesus is an example where he gives to others constantly, but he doesn't go to an aggressive eight in doing it aggressively, and he doesn't do it as an unhealthy, unhealthy two either. Uh, when he is angry, he's controlled by love, and he'll minister out of the overflow of God's love to people rather than a reactive anger to power up and, and get his way. 
And Jesus is able to receive hospitality and care from friends. And we see that just as you were talking about with his disciples as an example of that, or the women that traveled with him and, and helped care for some of his needs. He doesn't go to shame if he has need. So how about, how about for you, Christy? Have you appreciated the face of Christ in your heart? I have. You know, one of the things that is really a great way for me to appreciate the face of Christ is when it doesn't come, you know, often it does come through somebody else, which is a good thing. But for me as a two, when I'm so tempted to always be kind of playing to what people think of me, it's especially powerful when the face of Christ comes to me in a time when I'm alone as a surprise. I haven't done anything. Like I haven't done anything to strive to mm-hmm. earn love. And especially if there's a time when I'm maybe in shame over something, over um, maybe what I think I've failed or I've disappointed somebody. And there's times when Jesus will reassure me and remind me that he loves me. So oftentimes it's through a verse like Zephaniah 3.17, you know, that will come to me and I'm able to really receive that and, and picture Jesus' face shining upon me, him delighting in me. So good, Christy. You're illustrating for all of the Enneagram heart types out there. And I know there's a lot of you listening in. We love you heart types. And the um, the heart people struggling with shame. And as we've talked about on our Spiritual Disciplines and Enneagram podcast, the heart people especially need solitude because of that uh, worry and insecurity around pleasing people and sort of finding their self reflected in other people's uh, approval. And that's such a big temptation for the heart types because they're so good at it. They're so considerate and kind and caring and, and people are, are very warm and appreciative of heart types. So they, they can get their identity locked into other people's eyes and then, then, then they get yanked around with the thumbs up and the thumbs down. And so being in, in solitude, being in quiet is a way that the Lord will often surprise you. Definitely. And for you as a one, being in nature is really great for you because you work so hard and you you strive so hard to you're so earnest trying you to think do I work hard. Right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so for you to be out in nature and beauty enables you to really relax mm-hmm. and not depend upon yourself having to do everything right and, mm-hmm. and all the, the striving. And it reminds you of God's handiwork and how God's at work and how beautifully and well he does things that it's not all dependent upon you, which sometimes it feels like it is to you. Yeah, I don't see any birds and squirrels struggling with perfectionism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the God's beauty in, in creation is just already uh, glorious and wonderful. And so, yeah, meditating on that, it frees me up and there's, there's no work to do, you know, my control issues are all dissipated, and I'm just being bathed and washed in God's grace. I'm so glad that you make it a priority to I imagine a lot of people relate to the, the healing powers of, of nature and connecting with God in nature, but maybe especially the gut types who are listening to us, the, the Challenger 8s and the Peacemaker 9s and Perfectionist 1s. Well, let's talk about the nine faces of Christ. Uh, with the three now. How the three has, be. I think, all nine faces, because they are quite the performers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you mean to say, that, yeah, the one face yeah, of Christ. I'm the just one teasing face you of Christ, especially for the three. Because <laughs> yeah. I do think we see Jesus in all nine faces, for sure. But especially for the three, is Jesus as the inspirational achiever. And so he's energetic to succeed in his mission, but he doesn't cling to his status. 
And he doesn't withdraw when he's frustrated, go to like the unhealthy nine. So we see that Jesus, as an example, this would be after he feeds the multitude, and they want to make him their king, which would be a great temptation if Jesus, you know, was given to the three temptation. But he he graciously and firmly refuses. And instead he prays alone all night to his father. Jesus. So he's resting, but he isn't he isn't withdrawing in an unhealthy shutdown. Mm-hmm. He's he's connecting with his father instead of letting the people play into the people. And then he does then after that walk on the water to his disciples too. So he's he's in that rhythm where he's not staying too long in the withdrawal, he's going again, mm-hmm. you know, in a healthy engagement. So we see Jesus drawing on his intimacy with the Father, his Abba, and out of that he has the the power for his leadership and inspiration. And then we have Jesus, the creative and dramatic individualist. This is Jesus as the uh, healthy Enneagram 4, and he's uh, integrated at the healthy one. He's tenderhearted and he's deep-feeling, but he won't let people manipulate him, which is a big challenge for the fours because uh, they have such big hearts and they feel things so deeply, and they can get drawn into being the uh, helper, too, in an unhealthy way where they're the sidekick and they lose their authenticity, they lose their individuality because they're they're just trying to sort of please other people and and get their identity that way. And so with Jesus, we see him uh, under stress in many different situations, which is so helpful in the scriptures that we get a look at uh, Jesus as a real man, a real human being. And it's one of my favorite things. And uh, readers of our uh, book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, know this because uh, every chapter has a different Bible study on Jesus. And, And we look at Jesus as a human being and how he dealt with stress of all different kinds and relationship and leadership and in emotions and so forth and how he dealt with that through his intimacy with the Father. And he's showing us how apprenticeship to him really is the cure for worry and anxiety and stress and negative emotions and so forth. And so one of these situations so I have a whole chapter unpacking this in Easy Oak, but he, the, the challenges he has with his family, you know, there's a number mm-hmm. of stories in the Bible there, and, and this is difficult for the heart types especially. And so when his family uh, joins the religious leaders, his, his mother and brothers, uh, and they're, they're, they're really uh, critiquing and, and judging Jesus, and probably his family is disappointed that they've lost uh, uh, their... Um, their the one he's became the man of the family uh, in all likelihood after his father adoptive father Joseph died. So in Mark two to four, we have a couple different situations where uh, Jesus pressured by his family and they want him to do things a certain way and and kind of come back home probably. Um, but Jesus doesn't let him or the religious leaders manipulate him. Uh, you know, family pressures. Um, uh, religious judgments, and none of that stuff yanks Jesus into being who he's not. He has solid boundaries, and he holds on to his authenticity. He doesn't go into envy or depression, which are big temptations for the individualist fours, uh, but he speaks the truth in love. And he comes out with uh, so many witty and dramatic uh, teachings and parables, which is a healthy four integrated at the one. I love those Bible studies you do in Jesus' easy yoke because they're so inspirational and they're so enthralling of Jesus to me, and I appreciate that. 
Well, for the five, Jesus we see as the assertive and generous sage. So the the five in Jesus is he steps back to observe and gather knowledge, but he doesn't he doesn't hoard that knowledge or become greedy for it, and he doesn't detach from the needs of the people around him. So we see him assertive, generous to share his knowledge with everyone, like a healthy eight, very generous to share and to give. And John twelve is an example of this when when the Greeks tempt him uh, to be this come to Greece and you know speak with all the world famous philosophers, and he says no because he's determined to give his life on the cross. He's courageous, and he's determined to to generously lead the people to salvation. That's another one of those stress points. You might not be familiar with this, uh, uh, you are listening, but it comes out of John 12. This is also something that I unpack in the Easy Yoke book. But uh, yeah, that's like the ultimate temptation for... The Enneagram Five, the observer, because they're into their head types. They're into the, mm-hmm. into knowledge and gathering ideas and data and so forth. And so when someone uh, um, sees their their genius, because it's often hidden, yeah. uh, they're prone to to um, react over at the at the seven and just kind of get get excited and scattered and and move that way rather than being purposeful at the healthy assertive eight, which is and the generous, yeah. And generous eight, yeah. Give, yeah, and that's the that's the enneagram map for the the five, which is what in soul shepherding. That's the way we work with enneagram. If you haven't already gathered that, but we really work with that map, the lines of stress and and growth are in each of the type because the, the power of the enneagram is so much in the dynamics and the energies and the movement. Then the enneagram six, uh, which is the loyalist, uh, Jesus shows us the peaceful and loyal personality that is healthy. Uh, he is our, our Prince of Peace, and He is our faithful Lord in every way. And uh, we see that He integrates at the healthy nine, uh, the healthy peacemaker, which is what the loyalist needs, rather than getting uh, tempted into being uh, a super successful, impressive, uh, unhealthy three that's into s- status and impressing people and with a, a glittering image, so to speak. So in, in Luke 13, for instance, we see Jesus uh, on the Sabbath day, he heals, uh, uh, which is to say he's like not uh, bound by rules and uh, legalistic traditions, which is a special challenge for the six because they're very uh, respectful of authority or they might be rebellious of authority. And uh, Jesus shows us the, the healthy path there. The religious leaders want to kill him, and they recruit King Herod into their plan. But Jesus isn't fearful, which is the big temptation for the sixes and all the head types. The five, six, and sevens uh, struggle with anxiety and fear, especially. Uh, but Jesus remains peaceful, even under uh, in great danger. And in that situation, he continues to teach and minister with courage. Uh, big, big deal for sixes to have courage. And he calls Herod a fox, uh, which is kind of kind of funny, a sense of humor there. And Jesus is also the perfect seven. And I love this one. Hey, Enneagram ones out there, perfectionists that uh, relate to me. Uh, you don't have to be an Enneagram one to be a perfectionist. But, but wow, we especially need those healthy sevens that are joyful and spontaneous and enthusiastic and uh, engaging uh, in the moment. Uh, having fun, fun times, and uh, not uh, tripping up over perfectionism. 
And those of you that follow soul shepherding, you you can tell when when Bill is in, most sort of in sync with Jesus because there's going to be more of that seven stuff in me, more of that enthusiasm and joy and emotional engagement in the presence uh, in the moment. Uh, but sometimes I, I'm slipping into trying to do everything right and 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 can be some burdens around that. Uh, well, Jesus is not like that. He is is not a perfectionistic uh, one. As we said earlier, he is the uh, joyful minister. He is uh, enthusiastic. You know, enthusiasm means in theos, in God, and Jesus shows us that perfectly. And he integrates where the sevens integrate, which is at the healthy five, the observer, the individualist, those that gather data. And the sevens really need this because the sevens get scattered with all of their fun ideas and all of their pleasures and things that make them happy and things that feel good and ways that they will tend to avoid pain when they're in a defensive posture. And Jesus shows the sevens how to be grounded, how to be observers, how to be calm, how to be focused on uh, the, the wisdom that's needed in a particular situation. And so uh, that's what the healthy sevens do. A great example of this is in Matthew 17, uh, yet another situation where Jesus is in stress and pressure and temptation to anxiety. And he and Peter are accused of tax evasion. And uh, Jesus doesn't react in anger, uh, which uh, a seven might do in that situation. He also doesn't like avoid the situation and escape into pleasures, which is the temptation of the seven. But instead, he directs Peter to go catch a fish in order to pay the temple tax. But it's not just uh, any fish. He's gonna. He says, "Well, go catch a fish, and you're gonna find a coin in its mouth." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus does a miracle, and he has the fish find a coin uh, that's the exact amount needed for the temple tax. So they give the coin to pay the temple tax, and Jesus and Peter eat the fish. <laughs> so that's a lot of joy right there coming out of Jesus, the joyful minister. And then Jesus at the eight, we see his face of the loving prophet. The eights integrate at the healthy too. So we see Jesus, he corrects injustice. He cares about injustice passionately like the eights do. But when he's opposed, instead of withdrawing to the five and maybe getting stingy, instead when his enemies fight him, he has the fortitude to do what's right, but he does it in a loving and considerate way. So he does it in a way where he is remembering that everybody is loved, not just the people that um, he's for. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't align with the underdogs or with his special people against other people. He loves everybody, and he's so he's able to speak the truth in love when people are angry at him, and help people receive the mercy and the grace that they need. I love that, Christy. Jesus is a healthy eight, a, a loving, gracious, generous prophet. Awesome. I've just so appreciated the. Enneagram eights, particularly in this season of soul shepherding, because the healthy eights are, are just great leaders. Mm. Uh, they they Real activate, champions. yeah, they champion the underdog. Uh, they're they're very devoted and, and loyal to people that they're in relationship with. They're they're generous because they're integrating over there at the healthy two. That's considerate of others. Mm -hmm. That's what the eights most need is to develop that uh, that compassion, that empathy. And being, being careful with that power they have in their personality. Yeah. And Jesus shows us that. And so last but certainly not least, we have the Enneagram 9, the peacemaker, and the face of Christ that you can 
offer the world is um, the activated peacemaker. That's what Jesus shows us perfectly. He is integrated at the Healthy Three, and uh, we did uh, some podcasts on the peacemaker earlier. Many of you listened to. We interviewed our daughter, Brianna, and she talked with us about how helpful it was to her to learn that line to the Healthy Three and learning to, uh, to activate by being with people and doing things even when she feels tired and f- finding joy in that, and that she actually gets energy from doing that. And that sometimes, as a nine, she can be prone to sort of over, over rest as a way of kind of avoiding hard things. And so Jesus is very energetic. He's very activated. But in the healthiest sense of the word, he's always a peacemaker. And, uh, of course, we, we love that about Jesus, the Prince of Peace, uh, in stress, in opposition. Uh, he doesn't become fearful and disappear. He doesn't hide into to sleeping or... Uh, avoiding the situation, not wanting to deal with conflict. Uh, when he's in a uh, life-threatening storm, yeah, he takes a nap, and the Enneagram Nines love that, but he wakes up and, and speaks with assertiveness to the storm to be still. Uh, in Mark 14, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when his disciples escape into sleep, as the cross is, is coming, the shadow of the cross is upon them all, especially on Jesus. He's sweating drops of blood. It's so stressful and so painful. But he, he watches and prays. He activates internally in his reflections and in his prayers, which is what the, the Enneagram Nines need to learn to do. And he draws on his intimacy with Abba, and he submits everything to his God. And when the soldiers come and attack, Jesus is calm and he's assertive. And he is that activated peacemaker. So those are the nine faces of Christ in the Enneagram and hope that you are seeing Jesus in the mirror. Now, as you look at yourself and as you consider your Enneagram personality type. Lord Jesus, we do invite your spirit to come in each of our souls and to guide us, Lord, into more and more of your likeness in our unique personalities in our areas. May we surrender the things that we do to try to control and secure ourselves and trust you greatly to participate with your goodness and your glory and share that here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can order a copy of our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, on the Soul Shepherding website or Amazon. I love how Bill's book engages us with the Lord Jesus to help us distress and thrive in life and ministry. Each chapter features inspiring teaching, Bible studies, spiritual discipline experiments, and soul talk questions. It's great for personal devotions or small groups. You can follow Soul Shepherding on Facebook and by getting our weekly blog in your email.